Uh, I just met these young people at last night at 1.30, this morning actually. And, um, and so we haven't known them a long time, but when we came together, and we had a wonderful time today, we were together most of the day, me and Lisa and, and the team, and, and they're awesome. They are awesome. We had a wonderful time. They got to meet law enforcement today. They got to just get to know them, hear from them, pray for them, bless them. And we had a, an amazing time. And I just appreciate the hearts that they carry. One, they, they're just wrecked for Jesus. They love Jesus. And they love people. They love people. And so I just want to encourage you, even if you don't feel like or recognize that you have a need, just let them bless you. Just say, just get me. Just ask, God, get me. And when we mean that, we're not talking about getting you because you're in trouble. Okay, I just want to clarify that. We're talking about God just blasting you with his love, just overwhelming you with his goodness. It's the kindness of God that leads man to repentance. And he surprises us with his goodness. Amen? So I just want to say one thing. Um, We do not pass the offering plate. We do things a little bit differently, but we do want to give you an opportunity to give uh, everything that's taken up tonight. Uh, will be given to Steve Backlund, uh, him, his ministry, him and his wife. And, and so whatever you give, make your checks out. If you write a check, uh, make it out to New Covenant Fellowship. And everything you give tonight will go, and tomorrow night, will go to uh, Steve Backlund, uh, Hope, Igniting Hope Ministries. Uh, but make checks out to NCF. That's easier to spell. And, and again, everything you give, there's no administrative costs will be taken out. So if you say, I want to give him $500, $500 will go to him. If you want to give him a quarter of a million dollars, if you want to give him $500, <clears throat> but seriously, everything that we take in will be going, we'll, we'll give to them, okay? And at, uh, after service is over, you can give through your phone. There's a giving kiosk out there. There's boxes you'll notice on the wall. Uh, you can put cash or, or checks in there. And also there is a box on the product table that you'll want to become acquainted with afterwards. There's a box out there, and you can put checks and money in there. And again, everything goes to his ministry. Hey, how you doing, Madison? Good to see you. This is my daughter for two months, Madison. <laughs> all right, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Steve. I'm going to give him all the time he wants. He asked how much time he had, and I said, well, just as long as people get to work on time tomorrow, we're good. Okay? So, all right, let's give an Oklahoma Stillwater welcome to Steve Backlund. Yay. Hello. Wow. I am fired up to be here. Anybody else love that worship tonight? My, oh my. Somebody's got a hold of a live wire in the spirit realm around here. (laughs) The end there, I thought I was going to have my own Enoch experience. Steve went to Stillwater and was no more. <laughs> he just, poof, his own personal rapture. This is time number two, been here. Is that true? Yeah. Thank you, CJ and Lisa. Love what's on your life. Love this house. Love the presence. Somebody, somebody here is praying, seeking, pressing in, radically obeying Jesus and just, uh, yeah, thank you. And I, I, when I was here, was it a couple years ago, one year? Just, uh, you know, I just really said there's, God's doing something in Stillwater. God's doing something in this church. And they asked a traveling speaker, how come every place you go, revival breaks out? He said, 
Well, I just asked the Lord where the next revival is and then go there. <laughs> That's how I feel about this place. Good to see Madison. She interned for me a couple years ago and in Reading, and she's from Nebraska and just uh, is here on assignment, and you're going to be blessed by her, and thank you so much for welcoming her into the NCF family here. And how many of you have never heard me speak before? Never heard me, and, and so, yeah, just welcome. And um, I'm on staff at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Yay, that makes somebody happy. <laughs> and um, we have our own ministry, Wendy and I, uh, also called Igniting Hope Ministries, and, and we have a mandate to ignite hope. That's our assignment. There, there, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. It's unstoppable. And, and if something's going to change, somebody is hoping. I believe this after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality we can have. Uh, I believe our hope level determines our influence level. He who has the most hope has the most influence. This is a house, you know, I, I love, you know, New Covenant Fellowship, a culture of honor, a culture of expectation. You know, one of, I, one of my favorite definitions of hope is this, is hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope, what's your name, by the way? Bianca. Bianca? Okay, yeah. By the way, Bianca, there, there's a breaker anointing on your life. Man, I, I see it. I see it. Whew. Hope, hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Wherever there's not, wherever hope is absent, the forward movement stops. Forward movement stops. There's a, a town that I read about that was going to be covered by a, a dam was being built and the reservoir was going to cover the town. When they found that out, all progress stopped. All improvements stopped. And, you know, the battle, the battle is for hope. And, you know, what I, what I see happening in these meetings, uh, hope is going to get on your life like never before. I, I am, I, I just, uh, you know, we were talking about these meetings, uh, you know, I'm going to Norman I had that planned, and CJ is a, he's a man who seizes the moment. <laughs> CJ, you know, the thing, thing I've learned about CJ is when he believed God, God's on something, you know, he, you know, it's like the guy in John 5, you know, the story where the, the water moves and they jump in, first guy jumps in, gets healed. This guy, if CJ would have been at that pool, <laughs> I mean, he, he would have known, you know, maybe, you know, a half hour before it was going to move, and he would have dove in. But, you know, when we're talking about these meetings, man, my spirit just leapt. I said, God, I said God's going to do something powerful in, in these meetings. 
I just, uh, I just have that sense. And I see these meetings as being a launching pad for people. I see these meetings as being a literal launching pad. God's going to help people who are, who are in crisis and battling discouragement and depression and, and those things. There's going to be breakthrough. People are going to be delivered from pessimism in these meetings. But there, there's people gonna get there that are going to go on the launching pad and the scaffolding is falling off of you. <laughs> the scaffolding is falling off, and I mean the countdown. And things are starting to rumble. And, and, and because the Lord is, uh, is, is thrusting people into his harvest, thrusting people into key points of society, and, and there's great people in this room. There's great people within the sound of my voice. I just, I just know it. I mean, if you're here on a Thursday night, you're, you're, you're either serious about God or somebody serious brought you. You're not here. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm a good Christian. I'm coming to church this week. Check. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Now, you're serious about God. Something's on your life. I see that look in your eye. <clears throat> Some of you are the Christians my mom warned me about. <laughs> yep. Some of you. But our ministry, Igniting Hope, and, and it's really because God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. Can you imagine David going after Goliath today? Uh, hey, David, before we go after Goliath, uh, we're just looking on our phones here, and we want to let you know what the experts are saying. <laughs> the experts are saying that you're being way too unreasonably optimistic. You should go back to the fields and, and, and settle for life as it is and not get your hopes up so much. Because actually what they're saying is going to happen is you're going to be killed. Hey, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, before you prophesy to those dry bones, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. Ha ha. The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are. Or you wouldn't be so optimistic. <laughs> they think you should study the dryness of the bones a little more. Because <laughs> what they're saying is when you prophesy to the bones, what's going to happen is actually nothing. <laughs> hey, CJ, before you start speaking about a tornado-free county, <laughs> We want to let you know what the experts are saying. <laughs> They're saying you're being unreasonably optimistic that you could actually influence that. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're saying that you should actually not expect such great things. <laughs> Let's laugh at that, CJ. <laughs> oh, my. I got to... 
fun testimony for you. I was in um, Kelowna, British Columbia a couple months ago. and One of the messages I love to release is, is, is the message called Worrying with God. It's on, it's on a CD series I got out there called Breakthrough Mindsets. It's Worrying with God. And I mean, you know, negative worry is imagining your future as if God does not show up. How many know God didn't invent the the imagination to be the devil's playhouse? He actually gave us the imagination to be the womb of faith to actually see what he's going to do. And, 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 you know, just even on negative worry, the University of Cincinnati did a study, and they said 85% of what we worry about never happens. 85% of what... People worry about never happens. And the 15% that does happen, most people find a successful way to navigate through that. And so I, I, I don't, I don't want to just, I don't want to worry with the devil. I want to worry with God. Positive worry is imagining your future as if God fully shows up. I remember in the 80s, I was on staff at a church on the north coast of California And a group of witches came and cursed our church. They drew a pentagram on the church and cursed it. And we looked out there in the the church and we saw this pentagram and we were all concerned. We were concerned. We were worried in the negative. Oh, no. A witch. (laughs) If we don't do something... We don't do something to cancel that bad things are going to happen. We got to bind, rebuke. And at the same time, the same season, uh, when our, our, our pastor would bless us, you know, at the end of a message or whenever, I would yawn. I have no expectation. Expectation of a curse, but no expectation of a blessing. That's a... I mean, you know, that's not a good belief system. I mean, you know, that's not rooted in what God's saying. That's just rooted in past experience. And, and you know, I, so I just, I'm going to start, you know, I get blessed. I'm going to start worrying in the positive. Oh, no, that person blessed me. That person's more powerful than a witch. Greater is he that's in them than he that's in a witch. And he blessed me. Uh-oh. I don't, I'm concerned. You know, if I... If I don't cancel the effects of that blessing, I'm going to get overwhelmed by blessing. Hi. <laughs> you know, what if my face, because of that blessing, my face starts shining like Moses, and people just saying, hey, so you put a veil on, and where am I going to buy a veil? It's <laughs> worried. So I was, I was doing that in Kelowna, you know, and I was just worrying about their church. Just worried. I said, man, you know, and one of the worries I, I said, I'm worried that, that the glory is going to manifest so much in this building and through your times together that the glory is going to waft out of the building. And is actually, there's a main road that's right by uh, their, their building. I said, I'm concerned that, that people are going to have difficulty driving by your church 
I'm, I'm worried the city is going to notice this, lower the speed limit. And, and they'll, they'll use pilot cars, pilot cars to guide traffic by your church. And people won't be happy about that. Just worried. Some would say, that's just ridiculous. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that you can ask or think or imagine. Man, I can imagine that. So I heard a testimony. Pastor Matty Koopman up there, he te- emailed me a couple weeks ago. He said, hey, I got a testimony from that worry. There was a woman who's never been in church before. She drove by our church and started crying and could not figure out what was going on. And she looked up. She noticed the church was there. She, she looked uh, our church up online, and now she's been in services for three straight weeks. She's a pre-Christian. I, I have a few worries about Stillwater, a few concerns. Can I share a couple? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I mean, I mean it, it takes a little bit to get to Stillwater. I, I'm concerned that, that, that so much manifest glory is going to happen here and so many people are going to want to come here and that the hotels and the roads, that there's going to be gridlock <laughs> from o- Oklahoma City to here because of all that's happening. And that they're actually, you're going to have to build your own airport. <laughs> you do. Wow. How come? Very recent. Well, it's going to get, I'm worried it's going to get, have to get bigger. That's my concern. I want you to say this. Uh, I'm worried about these meetings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm I'm just kind of worried about what's going to happen to you. (laughs) Oh, my. I got a great team with me. My wife, Wendy, sends her greetings to you. She's in. Yep. And she wasn't able to be here. She's going to fly in tomorrow uh, over the weekend. Going to be in Norman in Oklahoma City. And um, just really excited about the the Negativity Fast, Positivity Feast. And I know uh, some of you did that. And I know as a church that was a big thing. And I just bless you in that. And it's such an honor to be able to come to a place that's stewarding the message and just says we we want more of that. I say this. Our message is not the whole piece of the pie. It's not the whole pie. It's a piece of the pie. And you get beliefs. You get um, hope. You go after lies and you believe truth. I mean, that, that piece is an important piece of our, of our, Christian, of our Christian journey. We, we get saved by believing in Jesus, in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. And so our ministry is just really dedicated to help people believe like Jesus and believe truth. 
And I was just, you know, I was commenting earlier, you know, CJ, what I appreciate about you and, you know, you're, you're kind of like a, you're like a basketball coach who, um, you know, a basketball coach, it's wise to know who has the hot hand. Hmm. I mean, it'd be dumb to just say, well, you know, now I just want to distribute the ball equally so everybody gets the same amount of shots in a game. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, and I love that because, CJ, you know, what's really on your life is that you really got a great ability to see what God is on, to see what God, you're like a, you're like a spiritual coach, and you have a great awareness, and you've built it into the church, into the leadership here, and that's growing, and, you know, even whether it's a negativity fast or meetings or emphasis or, you know, being chaplain or all of those things are, are a representation of you seeing what, what God is on. And one, one of my core values is this, is that, um, you know, even in the focus of my life ministry is, is I don't build a structure and ask God to fill it. I find out what God's doing and build a structure around it. Let me say it again. I don't build a structure and ask God to fill it or bless it. I find out what God is doing and build a structure around it. Great leaders, cutting-edge leaders, have that as their, their mindset. Whether it's in a meeting, uh, you know, just a church service like this, whether it's a gift mix in our own life, whether it's people around us, what God is, is doing in them, building around what God's doing in others. And, yeah, I mean, you look in the Bible, there's so many, so many stories. I mean, in, in the feeding of the 5,000 in the New Testament, um, Jesus built around some fish and some loaves. He, he said, that's it. God's on that. And, you know, Saul, even in, in the Old Testament, he, was, he had a lot of issues, but he, he actually saw that God was on David. And David killed Goliath. He actually saw it. He saw who the Lord was on. By the way, I, the Lord is, I just see him opening your eyes like never before to see who God is on and what he is on in, in, in this season. Ezekiel, I mean, we've already, you know, Ezekiel 37, it's a story uh, of... <clears throat> You know, God showed Ezekiel a valley of very dry bones, and he asked Ezekiel a question. Hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel gave the safest answer of all time. Oh, Lord God, you know. Ha, ha, ha. I'm not going to be critical of Ezekiel. Steve says, hey, uh... I mean, the Lord says, hey, Steve, can America live? <laughs> well, uh, oh, Lord God, you know. <laughs> yeah, the question is never how dry the bones are. The question is whether someone has renewed their mind enough to believe the bones can live. And really, what God was going to partner, because basically what the Lord said, hey, Ezekiel, what do you think? What do you think? Of it? You think those bones can live? Because basically... What God was going to, because what Ezekiel thought was going to determine what God could do. 
What Ezekiel thought would determine what God can do. So God was going to build around the thinking that was in, in Ezekiel. And by the way, these meetings are, are about upgrading our thinking. That's what these meetings are going to do. Our, our thinking is going to get upgraded. There, there's a fascinating story in 2 Kings 4. Many of you know it. There's a widow. Her husband had died. He was one of the sons of the prophets. They're in debt. Creditors come to a widow who has two sons and say, we're going to take your sons as slaves to pay off the debt. And Elisha, the prophet, is there. And the widow goes to Elisha, asks for help. And Elisha asks her a question. What do you have in your house? Or or he, he really said, what do you have? And she said, I have nothing. Now, I like to laugh at things. Uh, I'll explain that later. Can we just laugh at that? Ha uh-huh. ha. I have nothing. Ha uh-huh. And then she said, I have nothing except a little oil. Now, I'll tell you what the prophetic does. And the prophetic helps us take our eyes off of what we think we don't have to put our eyes on what we actually do have. You get in a prophetic culture, that's what the prophetic does. The prophetic causes you to see what you have. Because, you know, the the accuser of the brethren, the devil, he's constantly trying to tell us what we don't have. We're not smart enough. We're not good-looking enough. We're not in the right city. We don't have enough money. We don't have uh, that gift. Let's just laugh at all that. Ha ha. Ha ha. And, 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 but the prophetic causes you to see. Now, I believe this, that everybody in this room already has it. We, we already got the key to breakthrough. We've already got, you know, and what happened? And you, and you, I mean, that oil multiplied and it paid off her debt. And Elisha says, live off the rest. Live off the, man, I, I, you know, that, that's, a, that's a, she had a lot. <laughs> Whoo! I have nothing to her. She's living off of what she didn't, you know. Wow. But, 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 it, but it's, it's changing our thinking about what's already in our life. And, and, and God built around that. And, and thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to what we already have. I want you to say this. I already have it. Say it again. Say it louder. <laughs> you know, the story that really gets me is the story of Gideon. Ha <laughs> ha. Judges 6. Let's go there. He, he didn't know what he had. Whew. He, he's in a... The nation of Israel is in an extremely um, dark time. I mean, they are, uh, they're oppressed by the Midianites. They, um, they cry out. Gideon, how many know God's 
God's answer is always a person. Someone says, God, do something. Do something. Do something in America. And God's response to that is always a person. And it's always a person who doesn't think they're qualified to do what he thinks they're qualified to do. Let's laugh at that too. Ha ha. Ha ha. <laughs> this is going to be a fun night. So Gideon, he's hiding. He doesn't know who he is. He's hiding, and he's in a wine press threshing wheat because the Midianites are stealing everything from the Israelites. So his goal is not to lose anything more in his life. His goal is not to move backwards anymore. How many know that's not a high goal? But I've been there. I mean, I've been there. And if some of you are in the room or in that, you just say, I just hope I don't go backwards anymore. I hope I can just survive. I understand that. But God's purpose for Gideon was much higher than survival. And God's purpose for you is much higher than survival. Gideon's purpose was to be a nation changer. And he, he, didn't, he didn't understand that. I mean, he's just trying to get by, and, and God just he, he, suddenly. I want you to say this. I am a nation changer. And so in, in verse 12, it says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. But I want you to say this. Angels uh, are appearing to me. Anytime you read something like that in the Bible, just claim it for yourself. Because if God's in you know, the Old Covenant and a covenant with, you know, uh, non-superior promises, angels are talking to people. Hmm. How much more now? When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said. Now say, he said. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Aha. Uh-huh. I love Gideon's re- response. He must have been from Texas, in, in, at least in my translation. Pardon me, my Lord. Ha <laughs> uh-huh. Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. Okay, let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned up. Now this is, I mean, you got angel. Now you got, this is, this is upgrade. God's talking to him directly. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, go in the strength you have. You don't need more strength to go. As you go, you'll get more strength. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? 
My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Yep, ha ha. <laughs> Thank you. Ha ha. Yep. Gideon says, I don't have anything. I don't, I've got nothing except a bunch of problems. That's all I got, problems. The Lord answered, I will be with you. Say to your neighbor, the Lord will be with you. I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Whew. Now, story goes on. Many of you know it. If you haven't read it lately, it's a, it's a great story to read. If you've never read the story of Gideon, I'd say read it, and, and you're going to get fired up because if God can use a guy like Gideon, he can use you and me. I mean, he, he started out with, this is a ridiculous word. This angel must be new in angelic prophetic ministry. <laughs> and and <laughs> to where he got some hope. He, he you know, basically said, it could be me. Why don't you say, it could be me. He, he, he actually, he, he, he shifted to where he thought it might be me. Now, now, one of the beliefs I have is that increased hope is the evidence that we're believing truth. And then he got, to the end, he got fully convinced. I mean, he had supernatural phenomenon, fleece. He heard a dream by the Midianites, other things. And, and where he got so convinced that he had negative church growth from 30,000 down to 300. And he still believed. He still, I got it. I mean, it's an amazing story of somebody changing how they thought. Amazing. It gives me hope. Wow, this guy. I mean, if I would have been in the room, let's say I have a buddy here, and, and we would have been in the wine press and we would have heard the angel's word over Gideon. I would have turned to my buddy and said, uh, hey, uh, angel just gave bad word. That's a bad word. I mean, we've known Gideon for years. And I mean, Gideon has so many issues. His issues have issues. Man, I mean, he, he, I, you know, that angel's GPS system must be off. Gideon, a mighty warrior. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's he's bitter at God. He's always saying God's abandoned us, and he's uh, he's got this bitterness. And you, you know, we we know that once somebody gets bitter with God, that they're permanently put on the shelf, and God would never never choose a person like that. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha ha ha. And he's got this spirit of fear on him. He's in here hiding. We've been trying to cast that spirit of fear out of him for years. And, you know, it's just, it's never, it never goes. And, you know, I mean, we know God would never choose to use someone who's battling fear. Ha ha. And he's always complaining about his family. He says he's a victim of a bad family. You know, he says if he would have born, been born in a better family, he could really do something. We, we agree with him on that, you know, because we, 
we, we, we know that God only uses people who come from great families. All others are disqualified. Ha, ha. And he's got bad theology about miracles. He says there's no... There's no, no more miracles. He said, you know, I think I heard him once say that he believes mo- miracles ceased with Moses and the Pentateuch. <laughs> we, we know. <laughs> we know God would never use anybody unless they have perfect theology on every issue. So they're, they're also put on the shelf. Let's just laugh at all that. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Sometimes, you know, like in meetings like this, a, a prophetic word will be released over somebody, telling them who they are, what they can do. And sometimes we'll think, wow, they missed it. They missed that one. Yeah, they missed it. I know, I know that person. I know them. They missed it. That's not them. You know, sometimes we'll release a word, and I, lo- I love, because prophetic ministry is telling people who they really are. Prophetic ministry is telling cities who they really are. Telling counties who you really are. I mean, that's what, that's what the angel did, tell, getting who he was. And, and, and who we really are. And, and you know, it, and it did seem ridiculous. Because... And I'll say this, the most important words you and I need to hear will sound ridiculous when we first hear them. Most important words you need to hear will sound ridiculous. The most important word Stillwater needs to hear will sound ridiculous. Sometimes we'll release a word and we'll say, um, does that word make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? Can you imagine the angel saying to Gideon, Hey, Gideon, does that word make sense to you? No! No! That can't be from God then, because all God's words, would, the moment we hear them, will make sense. Ha ha. Now, the greatest things we need to hear is, won't make sense. And we're only saying things that, we're only prophesying things that are making sense. We're not prophesying high enough. Now, I mean, Gideon was listening to the wrong channel. I, you know, I, I rent cars all the time because I travel, and, and I, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll turn the engine on of a rental, and there's something playing on the radio that I do not like. Anybody else ever experienced that? Wouldn't it be a bummer if I would think, oh, no, now I have to listen to that channel the rest of this trip. You'd you'd say, hey, Steve, Steve, take a deep breath. You are powerful. (laughs) Just repeat, say, I am powerful. I, I am powerful. Just say that. Steve, you have the power. To change the channel. Wow! That's amazing. I can change the channel. 
I can listen to what I want to listen to. Hmm. Someone just go, hmm. 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 <laughs> How many of you know? I mean, in this room, there's all kinds of radio frequencies. I mean, you just you, if you have a tuner, you can tune in. We can't see them, but they're here. Same way in the spirit, there's all kinds of channels we can tune into. I mean, Gideon, he was li- the listening to the God has abandoned us channel and it's hopeless channel. Mm-hmm. God said, change the channel. Listen to uh, you are a mighty warrior channel. Listen to the I will be with you channel. Listen to as you go in the strength you have, you're going to get more strength channel. I mean, there's all kinds of channels in the spirit. I mean, there's the accuser of the brethren channel. I tune into that every once in a while. Sounds really, sounds really true. <laughs> well, that sounds like a, that sounds like a good channel for today. You know, you're never going to make it. You're, you're a failure. You're something uniquely wrong with you. I mean, Moses, he, he was listening to the you can't speak very well channel. And he was listening to the nobody will listen to you channel. The Lord said, change the channel. Listen to that, I will be with you channel, and you are a great influencer channel. Jeremiah was listening to the you're too young channel. I mean, it's Abraham was listening to the, you are too old channel. You are too old. It can't happen now channel. Let's laugh at that. Uh By the way, the Lord is giving you supernatural grace to change the channel. I've got good news for you. You are powerful. Just say, I am powerful. You can change the channel. And, you, know, and you say, well, how do I know if I'm listening to the wrong channel? Well, here's one thing that I believe. If, if what you're listening to isn't giving you hope, I, it's time to change the channel. Mm. If it's not giving you hope, change the channel. Well, I've got, I got to always listen to it. It's on. Oh, I wake up. It's on. These meetings are, are designed to help you change the channel. And, and, and it's really, you look, you look at all the people in the Bible. I mean, they, had, they, they were confronted with their thinking. What are you thinking? I, I love um, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of what? Stronghold. Somebody just go, rah, ah, ah. They're mighty in God to the pulling down. So it says, we demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So 
that basically says that the greatest spiritual warfare, the highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think higher than your circumstances, to capture thoughts. The greatest spiritual warfare is not binding regional demonic principalities. Even though that might be a part of it, it's not the greatest. The greatest warfare is the decision to think differently. I remember when I first got saved, I grew up on the north coast of California near Eureka in Redwood Tree Country. And I was a hippie. Did not know Jesus. Hitchhiked a lot. Christians would pick me up. They had a captive audience. Some of them were the kind that had the bumper sticker on their car, said this, in case of rapture, this car will be driverless. <laughs> Made me a little nervous getting in the car. <laughs> but, you know, I tried this, things hippies did. I met Jesus. Somebody say yay. yay. I found out this. There's no high like the most high. There's no high like the most high. He's the real deal. And my belief system at that time was that if I went to church and I didn't feel saved, this is after I got saved, if I didn't feel saved and I didn't think I was saved, and if they gave the altar call to be saved again, I would come down and to the front and get saved again just to make sure. Then the Lord said, Steve, I've got good news for you. You are saved even when you don't feel saved. I said, wow, that's amazing. That's, that's a, that is really profound. I thought feelings were the highest indicator of truth there was. Ha-ha. Uh -huh. Ha. Huh. So I remember after hearing that, I would still come to church not feeling saved. And they'd give the altar call to be saved. And I'd want to go down there so bad. I want to go down front, get this spirit of heaviness off me. He said, Steve, do not go down there. Stay, Steve, stay. <laughs> stay. Because I'm going to teach you how to get that thing off you. It's not by doing something different. It's by believing something different. I want you to believe you're saved even when you don't feel saved. Something's trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. It's an argument. And, and, and that thing, I want, you to, I want you to capture that. I want you to capture that. And I want you to believe what I'm saying. And when I decided to do that, that was greater spiritual warfare than me rebuking the spirit of Jezebel for 30 minutes. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, I think this meeting is just for you. I mean, you, you think about Gideon... 
the, the future of the nation of Israel was locked up in Gideon's thinking. Let me say it again. When you think about Gideon, the future of the nation of Israel was locked up in Gideon's thinking. That was the stronghold. That was the regional principality. Because once Gideon thought differently, the nation got saved. I mean, Midianites, they were the manifest problem. Baal was a problem, but, but ultimately it was what Gideon thought. And really what he thought about himself. What he thought about himself. Once he actually got his thinking right about himself, a nation got saved. Someone just go, hmm, hmm. And, and so you just, you, you realize, wow. Okay, Lord, you're calling me to believe something higher than what I'm experiencing. I used to tell the Lord, I would say to the Lord, um, Lord, I'll believe better when things start getting better in my life. Is that okay with you? He said, no. He said, that's not how this thing works. <laughs> How this thing works is that there has to come a moment, a time in your life where you actually start believing higher than what you're experiencing. It's called faith. Imagine that. That, that I, I say, well, Lord, when I see, then I'll believe. When I see there's no more tornadoes in Payne County, then I'll believe. No, the Lord says, I want, you to, I want you to start believing before you see. You say, well, what if I believe and it doesn't happen? Well, there's two ways to live. You can live a hopeless life and never be disappointed. Someone say, boo, boo. Or you can live a hope-filled life with occasional disappointment. There's two ways to live. And, 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 and as, as, I mean, I, I never, you know, the 85% of what I worry about that never happens, I don't seem to be too concerned about that. I never say, well, I was, I was worried about that. That didn't happen. I'm just really upset. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Why are, we, why are we not concerned about that? Then someone says, I don't know about that. I talk about tornadoes and I go back up. Oh. <laughs> a tornado, I shouldn't be saying that because it might not happen. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's um, wow. So there's got to be a time. Remember, wow, uh, I'm out. I, I pastor some 15 years, get saved, 15 years, North Coast, California, on staff at Assembly of God Church. Most of those years, then in 1991 to 2001, Wendy and I went to the desert to pastor a small rural church four hours from Reno, four hours from Vegas in Nevada, in a, in a place called Round Mountain, Nevada. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. Ha ha. 
I'm out there with a small church, and the Lord says, Steve, I want you to start saying that you influence nations radically. Well, Lord, shouldn't I wait until I'm influencing nations radically before I say I'm influencing nations radically? I thought you said, thou shalt not lie. So let me ask you a question, Steve. Do you wait for an apple to for an apple tree uh, for an apple to appear on it before you call it an apple tree? <clears throat> no. Even as too young to have apples, we still call it an apple tree. Mm-hmm. Steve, why don't you just think about that? We don't get our identity out of what we've done. We get our identity out of what we were created to do. I want you to start believing. I wasn't telling other people this. I was telling me. What's wrong with my own mind? I influence nations. I was telling I've, this is because I'm, I'm trying to attack my own beliefs because the, the accuser of the brethren is listening to the wrong channel. I mean, if you're going to change the channel, you've got to hear something higher than what you're experiencing. I'm not waiting for you to talk. I'm talking to me. Gideon heard something. The angel said, you are a mighty warrior. We got we to hear something. I, I, I got to hear something higher than what I'm experiencing or I'll, I'll only keep experiencing what I'm experiencing. That's what prophecy is. That's what meetings like this are about. Somebody, I, I want to be the angel in, in your life. I want to be the angel in my own life. Did you actually get this? You really understand, wow, there's no limits. Someone say no limits. You you get it. You just actually say, "Ooh, I mean, yeah." I started to get some hope, man. Man, it it could be me. It could, man. Maybe, maybe there's more than what I'm experiencing right now. Could be. I'm scared about getting my hopes up. It's scary. It's scary for Gideon. I'm scared. Oh man. Coming to the Thursday and Friday meetings. A little scary. Because these are hope meetings. Not long. You know, I've been disappointed before. And I, 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 I don't know if I want to get, I don't know if I want to do that again. But I'll tell you this, there's grace on you to do it again. It says the anointing in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. To preach good news to the poor. And then one of the things it says to heal the brokenhearted. To heal those who have been disappointed by things not happening the way they wanted them to happen. Gideon was disappointed. Protecting himself. But something happened. And I'll tell you, that same thing that happened to Gideon is happening to you. Just say, it's happening to me. And, and, and it's, it's really, and I'll, I'll just give you, just in closing, and our team's going to come on up, I just, I'm going to give you one key that's going to help make it fun. Because when I first started learning that my beliefs were my problem, I just got depressed. Man, that just really, oh, I thought it's a, lot, a whole lot easier to blame the devil. 
Yeah, it's a lot easier to blame the devil. I'm, I'm under attack again. No, it's, it's me. That's, that's challenging. Say, I'm the problem. I remember getting that revelation. I was looking at me in the mirror and knowing I was the only one who could stop me, and I, I was tempted to rebuke me. <laughs> but I didn't do it because I didn't know what would happen. <laughs> Here's what's fun. It says in Second Corinthians ten four it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. I love it. The greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities. They're belief systems in the minds of Christians. Now, I love it that God's given us weapons to actually pull down bad belief systems in our own mind. He's given us supernatural weapons, so it's not just up to me. And one of the weapons, obviously, that I like is the weapon of laughter. It's a weapon. Laughter is a powerful spiritual weapon that starts to dismantle bad beliefs in our lives. Because lies sound really real in the darkness of our thinking. But they're laughable when you bring them out to the light of language and words. They sound really real in our thinking, but when we put language to it, they're stupid. For instance, oh, yes, amen. If I don't feel saved, that means I'm not saved. Oh, yes, amen. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be true if it feels this true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but then I put language to it. My salvation is dependent upon my feelings. That's just stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's laughable. Uh-huh. To laugh, you have to let go of something. My wife, Wendy, who was actually my hippie girlfriend, we got saved at the same time. Um, we just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary in October. Yay. Look what the Lord has done. And we love each other. We're best friends, but we still don't always agree with each other. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. And when, when we're not agreeing, when I, especially when I think she's really wrong, I'm not laughing. Because <laughs> if I laugh, she'll think things are okay. <laughs> things are not okay around here. I'm a victim of you. <laughs> My joy depends on your behavior. For me to walk in biblical joy, you need to do what I think you should be doing. <laughs> but how many of you know when I finally laugh? Ha <laughs> ha, woohoo! How many of you know I've let go of that thing? Frustration, anger, manipulation, whatever it was. And I know we don't laugh all the time. We weep with those who weep. Sometimes in brave communication, we're not laughing. But I'll tell you this, the, the body of Christ has been joy deficient. And one of my assignments, because anytime you find true hope, you're going to find all joy as well. So joy always comes. And so the same way with lies. When you laugh, you, you, you let go of attachment to those lies. It starts to dismantle our, our, 
our belief in that. Now, so just uh, here's what I want to do. Some of you have done this before. Others of you, this is new. I'm just going to give you some classic devil lies, and I just would like you to do an experiment, and I'd like you to laugh and just see what happens. You guys good? All right. Why don't you guys just warm up your laughers first? Ha ha. Ha ha. Because <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody to laugh suddenly and pull a laugh muscle. Uh, and, and after I share each lie, I'd like you to laugh, and I'd like you to laugh just a little louder than you were planning. <laughs> All right? Here we go. Let's just start with this basic lie. <clears throat> God loves you, but he does not like you. <laughs> All right, that's good. Good for a starter. How about this one? God is not going to provide for your needs in the future. <laughs> because his ability to provide for your needs is dependent on how the economy is doing. Ha <laughs> ha. Or it's dependent on how you are doing. <laughs> That's a deeper lie. <laughs> Goes after deeper belief systems. <laughs> how about this lie? Payne County, Oklahoma is an impossible county for worldwide revival to break out from. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Matter of fact, God doesn't even like Payne County. (laughs) here's a good lie right here let's give a real hearty laugh on this one (laughs) in key decisions that you will need to make in the future you will not know what to do (laughs) and if you make the wrong decision God won't know what to do. How about this one? If you are not laughing as much as somebody else in the room, it, it, means, it, it means that you have huge unresolved issues in your life. 
<laughs> or, or it means those who are laughing a lot have huge unresolved issues. <laughs> Here's a here's a good lie. Let's laugh at this. You are a failure. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. And then one of the devil's all-time favorite lies, laughter in the church is from the devil. good to laugh. I love it when I go to a meeting and my cheeks are, I, I, my cheeks hurt right here. I like those kind of meetings. I do. You know, I, I heard a study, little children laugh on average of 400 times a day. Someone say yay. And the same study said adults laugh only 15 times a day. Somebody say Boo. Boo. I want to grow up. <laughs> I'm concerned about the third row <laughs> over here. Just concerned. I'm worried about that row right there. I'm worried that the people in the third row on this side over here, that they're, they're going to need designated drivers to get home. says in Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is one-third of the kingdom. We get concerned. Righteousness starts to decline. Oh, no, we got to do something. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But why, if joy starts to decline, we don't get concerned? Oh, it's just joy. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. No, when you actually are able to put language to some of the things that we believe that's creating our lack of hope and laugh. And sometimes we're not ready. I know there's, there's situations. I'm not, you know, I'm, it's fine. If you're not ready on certain things, there's no condemnation on that. There isn't. But, but, but it is a weapon that, that I just see the Lord releasing to you guys at a higher level than ever before. And, and it, it's, a, it, it's just a good way to just dismantle and to start pulling down strongholds. 
Let's laugh at this. You are a non-important person in the body of Christ. <laughs> I'm also concerned about the fifth row in this section. You guys, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just laugh just for a few more seconds? All right, you guys received the message tonight? You guys received that? Woo! God, God is empowering you to change the channel. God is empowering you to see what he's doing and to build around that. God, God is empowering you to understand that you already have it. Just say, I already have it. God is empowering you to think higher than what you're experiencing. It's called faith. God is empowering you to believe you've got gifts in your life that have not yet manifested, but you already have it. If you receive the message, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me tonight. It was supernatural. It's going to increase. And it's going to influence the nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Yay. Hey, before my great team comes on up, I want to just give some books away. This is a book called Let's Just Laugh at That. By the way, let's, let's just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. This thing's a devotional. Most of the books I wrote are for people who don't like to read. This is a nuclear bomb. Fifth row, middle. What, what's your name, by the way? What's your name? Leslie. Yeah, Leslie. I see that, uh, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's revelation on joy Holy Spirit's giving you that's going to influence many. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen this book. And yeah, I just, it's one I just wanted to bring and just show you. Igniting Faith in 40 Days. And it was a basis for uh, the Negativity Fast Positivity Feast. Uh, it's a great book. People say, where do you start? In this message, this is a good place to start. Who doesn't have this book? There you go. And what's your name? What is it? Anis? Yeah, I just uh, I hear over you that you're an influencer of influencers. You're an overcomer who causes other people to overcome. And your influence is increasing. Just hear James 1.12. That, that to you overcomes, receives a crown of life, and it's authority in everything we've overcome. And then my wife's got a book, Victorious Emotions. 
It's her latest. It's, it's also got a journal with it. This, this book is uh, spiritually flammable. And then let's just laugh at that for kids, too. We had kids one last time, uh, 20 lies that children are tempted to believe. And uh, actually, I'm tempted to believe. Some of these lies sound really true. Let me just uh, read some. Um, My feelings never lie to me. Ha ha. That's a lie. Ha ha. I don't have to honor my brother or sister. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Woo Anybody got a child or grandchild? Six through ten. You do? Yep. Can you? Madison, can you take that back? What's your name? Melissa? Melissa, I hear this over your life. You're a woman with an incredible anointing to bring healing to people emotionally. An incredible anointing. And that's going to increase. I hear Isaiah 61 over you. And, and just Isaiah 60 and 61 over you. They just are going to explode in your spirit and influence people greatly. And then uh, I've got the book, The Culture of Empowerment. It's the latest book I wrote um, besides the children's laugh book, How to Champion People. It takes Bill Johnson's quote, Senior Leader Bethel Church, my goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. It's a great book for church leaders, business leaders, uh, that's a, for family. Anybody, empowerment isn't a management, uh, isn't a management style. It's a lifestyle. Yes. You want this book? What's your name? Naomi? Yep. Naomi, you know what I hear over you? I hear you're, you have a female Nehemiah anointing. I hear Nehemiah's chapter one to six over you. You're a woman of passion and strategy. And you don't stay. Nehemiah uh, wept because the walls were down. And, but he didn't stay there. He built a strategy to rebuild them. Then the last thing, uh, we've got a lot of audio on, on the product table. This is a download card. Six messages, abounding hope and joy. Um, power of joy, the power of beliefs, power of declarations. Wendy and I are doing this. So... It's a it's an incredible resource for you guys. Yep. You married? You couple? What's your names? Rich and Lana? Yeah, Rich and Lana, um, I see that you guys are overcomers and you also you guys are your influence is growing and I see that the, the Lord is doing incredible things in relationships. And I see you have like a Danny Silk anointing. If you don't know who Danny Silk is, do you know who Danny Silk is? Yeah, a Danny Silk anointing on you guys to bring healing in relationships. And even some of the things that have happened in the past are all your story to have compassion for other people. And compassion is the beginning point of bringing healing. And, and, And I just see the Lord just doing powerful things through you. Amen. I got a great team. Why don't you welcome them as they come on up? Four students from the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And, and they've already been serving, as CJ has said today. And 
Uh, just uh, excited to bring a team here, and, and we know some of yours are at Bethel. Thank you for trusting us um, with them. So Grace is a third-year student, and the rest are second-year students. So they're going to introduce themselves and share uh, something that they believe the Lord wants them to share. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's such a uh, privilege to be here uh, just to be at this church and getting to know you guys in, in Stillwater. Uh, you guys carry such honor and humility, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Um, in worship, I saw this beautiful picture. Did you want to share, want us to share our passions? Okay, great. Okay. Um, during worship, I saw the angels carrying these um, orbs, and these were uh, orbs of strength and areas where you are crying out for the Lord um, to move on your uh, move on your behalf in your life. The angels were releasing, like healing, releasing strength, releasing hope, releasing love, and it was just falling and breaking open. Um, and I just want to commend the worship team. Worship team, you guys are such a breaker anointing that you carry is really powerful. Just a breaker anointing. Um, I just see you reaching into heaven and bringing down what heaven is actually doing um, and releasing to the congregation and releasing to this region. So I just bless you in, in just greater revelation. Uh, it's just powerful gifting that you guys carry and ability to see and declare and prophesy. Bless you. And what's a passion? What's a passion? <laughs> a passion that I have is to raise up healthy leaders and also um, to provide sustainable revenue streams, especially for third world countries. Wow. And mm-hmm. from? I'm from Los Angeles. Yay. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. My name is Rob, and I'm from Michigan, and I'm a second year student at. BSSM. So, and uh, as um, as you, the worship team, I just wanted to tag on that. I felt like that anointing for worship is similar to what Paul and Silas experienced. That when they worshipped, um, they were just worshiping for themselves, and their prison cells came open. But um, when they worshipped, all the other prisoners' prison cells came open. And so, I just see the increased freedom for all the people around you in your worship. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was, I was really moved by the saying that you had up there, a culture of expectation. And I felt like for you guys corporately as a church, um, you'll be walking in the fulfillment of your expectations. Um, you're, yeah, and even... Some of you guys are experiencing that already in your lives where things that you've been praying for are happening um, and they're starting to happen. Uh, and it reminds me of Hebrews 12:1 when, when it talks about how faith is the substance of the things that you're hoping for. And so that substance is coming tonight and is happening um, for what you've been praying for. Um, I also feel like that goes along with evangelism and reaching people for the loss. Um, That's one of my passions personally. I'm really passionate about um, sharing Jesus with other people. And um, I feel like in this 
with this church, it's going to become really easy. And it, and it is really easy. And people are going to just want to know Jesus and, and want God. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then another one of my passions is family um, and just uh, raising up a powerful family of people both in your family and outside of your family that just love each other unconditionally. So, yeah. So um, I'm Cabby. I'm from Hong Kong. Um, I'm also a second-year student um, at BSSM. Um, one of the things that I really love this church is the love and the bonding you have with each other. I saw you guys outside the live like this century, you just talk to each other and just the, the love that I can see in your eyes, that each one of you is so amazing. And I love that. I love people. Um, uh, uh, I, in the worship, I feel like God is saying um, to this church or to, to each one of you that dream big, dream big, dream big. Because the more you dream, the more you imagine, it's creating room for, for God to fulfill it. Fulfill the dream and fulfill the desire and fulfill um, the, uh, the things that you want to see in the kingdom of God in this city. Um, on, the way, uh, on the way driving here uh, from Oklahoma City, um, God showed me a picture um, that his presence who covered um, the whole city that things started to grow like from the from from the ground and just uh green and bare fruits and I feel like um these years uh, those years that you guys praying the things that you're praying to uh, for this city it started to grow um God um under the presence of God everything will grow everything will it's just coming up um the 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 seed that you plant under the ground is started to grow, and God is the one that water it. And yeah, so yeah. Um, so my one of my passion, I want, I I'm passionate to see people step into fully freedom and to step into the God gift, like who God created to be. And I'm also passionate about healing and prophetic so yeah. hi my name is Liliana I'm originally from Mexico I'm a second year student as well um I felt as I was just just in worship as well kind of what she said about dreams but I felt like there's new dreams and visions that are coming kind of like Joseph's dreams coming true so I really feel like there's new dreams and visions that are going to be coming to come into this congregation. And because of the what you guys have cultivated here, like the peace and the joy and just what you guys have, like I feel like it's just going to just gonna explode in a way that's just in a way that you won't ever imagine. So I just really want to bless that. And I love the – and I really feel like this is a really creative place. I love all the drawings you guys have here and all the nations you guys have put. And this is going to be like a new creativity that's being cultivated here as well with painting and drawing and, and dancing and worship. Everything is just going to come anew, a 
new stirring and being a new season, a new transition for that. So I really feel that for this. And I'm really passionate about social justice, especially human trafficking. Um, so that's one of my big passions. This house carries uh, the anointing of a mother and father. I really felt uh, Abraham and Sarah are in this house who have uh, left a land from their father um, and into a land where the Lord has called you to go. And you guys are mothers and fathers of faith that you guys are raising up a next generation of sons and daughters of true faith um, who will transform this area. Um, I actually had a word for you sitting in the second row with the striped shirt. Um, yeah, so I, f I saw this picture of one of those things that um, when you first walk into a house, it's kind of like um, it's made of cherry wood and it's a small table, but it's kind of like a small table that you would put your keys on or something like that. Um, and I felt like God was just saying that you're a builder. Um, and what I was seeing is all the different details of, of the cherry wood and how it was, um, it was pleasing to him. So I felt like God was just affirming you as somebody who builds and somebody who creates things that last. So, yeah. Okay. I have someone for this guy in the orange. Um, I think I have a word of knowledge. I'm going to take a stab at it. Do you work as like a computer software company at all? No. Okay. His grandfather does. Oh, okay. Come on. Do you like, like computers, video games in that area? or? Okay. Maybe I see. This is like you're the second person that I keep saying like, strategies in mind. I, I just prophesied over someone else earlier today. I'm all like, why do I see computer over somebody or computer games? But I really feel like like you have like a like a strategist kind of mindset to be able to just like know like where to go and wisdom and discernment of like how to like um, kind of like an architect kind of thing and like know how to draw these different plans and how to like cultivate that. So I really see you building that within that. So I just, wanted, I just want to just encourage you that you can do it. You can create so many different things with that. God bless you. Uh, I saw you, this lady, fourth row. Um, I saw you. Yes, yes, the green. Yeah. I saw you as a, a powerful intercessor that God puts his heart on you, in you, that you, you are seeing the things that be on, that putting in his heart, he's sharing his heart with you, and you are releasing it when you, releasing um, his heart and his truth and life for the things or the situation that God trusts you so much. Yeah, there's a power in your voice that when you pray, every time you pray, things are changing. So I just want to honor you that you are a powerful intercessor. Yeah. Amen. 
Just a couple things, and then we're going to wrap this up. And the team is going to give you some prayer opportunities that we'll mention. But uh, I, I just see, I, I had a, a like a vision last weekend. I was in um, uh, Waco, and I was in San Marcos, Texas. And I, I just had a vision about I-35 that, that up and down. My wife was also in Wichita, Kansas last weekend. And I just saw a vision of the I-35 on fire with the fires of revival going down, up and down. And within 50 miles to each side of I-35, I saw a revival that was just going to sweep this whole region. Uh, it's going to go north of uh, Wichita, uh, but it's also it's going to go south uh, all the way to the border of, of Texas and Mexico and as far as it goes. So I just see, and I even see people who drive on I-35 a lot who are in this room, that the Holy Spirit's going to um, have you, He's going to prompt you to say some things as you drive. He's going to prompt you to proclaim, uh, and, and He's going to prompt you to dream, to dream. And I see you're a part of a big plan of what the Lord wants to do in this region. Um, this whole region is important in worldwide revival. Yeah, and just so thank you, Lord, for that, and and just thank you for creative strategies. Thank you for fire of revival up and down I-35 that's going to spread way beyond 50 miles on each side. But it's the 50-mile area is going to be, and some of you know cities that are just 50 miles away from I-35, and you're, there's there's going to be things the Lord is actually, I even see people... Um, just even strategizing in in where to go and what to do, and he's gonna you're gonna find yourself drawn into that I-35 corridor, and um, in in decisions that you're gonna be making and who you're gonna invest in and what you're gonna do, and um, and 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 it's part it's a part of a big plan. It's part of a big plan of what what God's doing. He's strategic, and and people in this room are very strategic. Some of you are already had plans, and you're already doing things. And so we bless that in Jesus' name. Amen. Anything else, CJ, you want to do before we announce what the groups are going to be? And just uh, we'll give some instruction to people on what to do. And I just want to say a quick reminder to the offering boxes and the special offering box. Uh, if you want to sow into the ministry of, uh, of um, this brother and sister, his wife. Um, just to remind you to do that. Since we don't pass the plate and you can forget and everything, but just want to encourage you to take the opportunity to sow into uh, Steve's ministry. Amen. That's all. And then tomorrow night's meeting. I'm worried about tomorrow night's meeting. I'm worried. You know what I heard about tomorrow night's meeting? I heard it's going to be the best meeting yet. Because we serve a God who moves from glory to glory. And I'm just, I'm excited. You need someone who needs breakthrough tomorrow night. You know, yeah, just consider who you can invite. And So here's what the team's going to do. They're going to have four separate prayer focuses. And they're going to share a topic. They're going to spread out uh, uh, across the front. They're not praying for individuals. They're, they're going to see, they may do that later. But in the beginning, they're going to see who gathers to them, whether it's two or 20, about their topic. And then they're going to pray into that topic. 
and just uh, lead and, and however the Lord leads them to bring breakthrough. So why don't you each uh, share what your topic is. Grace, you can start. My topic is on healing, physical healing and emotional healing. If you have a family member or even yourself um, and you feel uh, stuck regards to praying or if there's any disappointment regards to healing, we're going to go after that. Yes. And how many of you know that we love because he loved us first? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about love. um, And the hope is that you'll come out of it being free, completely free to receive love from God and then give love to the people around you. So I will be focused on the power of our words. What I mean by that is the bonus to speak out our desire in our hearts to see God's come through because what matters to us actually matters to Him too. So. I'll be focused more on the family. So anything to do with um, any like family reconciliation, redemption, anything to do with family forgiveness, I'll be praying for that. Mm -hmm. So family breakthrough, breakthrough in your voice, breakthrough in the love of God, breakthrough in healing. Amen. Once you guys stand, I'm going to bless you. And you should be worried after this blessing. <laughs> so, Father, I bless everybody within the sound of my voice right now with an irrevocable blessing. The blessing of, of, of just, uh, just intimacy with you, of protection, of influence, uh, of family peace and healthy relationships, of provision, of physical health, of open doors. Uh, in their lives, uh, a blessing of hope, a blessing of mental clarity, uh, a blessing of success in what they put their hand to do. And, and I just thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And we just say we love you, and we're so thankful for your love for us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So if you need to go, you're dismissed. If you want to partake of one of these prayer groups, you're invited to do that as well. And we hope to see you tomorrow night.